No, wait, 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 just a minute. Wait, Spider. Wait, just a minute. You want to talk about warts? Why on earth would we talk about warts when it comes to prepping? I mean, I not warts? only want to talk about warts, I want to spell them wrong with an O. W-O-R-T-S. Oh, yeah, like they use for making beer. You get the beer wart, and that's part of the brewing process, right? That is one way to reduce depression in some people. Not recommended for heavy use, but... Okay. I'm thinking more along the line of St. John's wort. But that's not as fun as beer. Busted. 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 Uh, St. John's wort. It's healthier for long-term use. (laughs) Perhaps. Better safety profile. Fewer calories. (laughs) There you go. Okay, welcome to the show, the big show, the largest show that is taped or recorded in our car. This is the 3BY, Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You podcast. We are your hosts. I am Salty. She is Spice. And she is the Wartmeister today. <laughs> she is the Warta. The Wartmacolic? No. No. <laughs> Just not. You're St. John? No, I'm pretty sure you're no. not St. John. Uh, so many things wrong with that. But I have been studying up. Because studying with herbal remedies, up. you know, some of them are actually pretty darn wonderful. And some of them are completely unsubstantiated. And, if and end up being dangerous. hogwash. And some are flat dangerous, yeah. Especially if you don't know what you're doing. Particularly if you don't know what you're doing. And we're going to cut back. At the end, I want to come back to the uh, the dangerous don't know what you're doing part. But that is not what we're talking about at St. John's Wharf. But I, want to, I always want to throw out reminders here because there are a few things like the, well, we'll come back to the, the, the plant that, for the heart drug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. And if we don't, well, we'll pick it up some other time. Because sometimes we forget as we're talking. We forget to come back. So. Hey, you, this show is worth every every penny you paid for it. We guarantee. We'll give Absolutely. you a full money-back guarantee. The electricity might cost them about three cents, so I'm, I'm, I I'm feel pretty good about that. I hope not. I think we can maybe make it. Maybe Antarctica would. But <laughs> <laughs> around here, maybe not. It shouldn't be that much to listen to. Anyway, anywho, we're going to talk about St. John's Wort, which is kind of a weird thing, but it's, it is... Of all the herbal remedies, it is one of the most documented ones. And the documentation shows efficacy. It's one that even the most hardcore, I love big pharma. If it didn't come from a lab, I don't trust it. Even those guys admit that not only is St. John's wort pretty safe and effective, it's about as effective as the prescription medications are for mild to moderate depression. And it's quite a bit cheaper. <laughs> it is quite a bit safer. And there's not as many side effects, but it yeah. does come with yeah. a kicker. There is a kicker to St. John's yeah. Wort that we want everybody to know about. And that is... Not everybody can take this stuff because while it's safe on its own, it has some nasty interactions with a fairly wide range of other medications. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're gonna, I'm going to be quiet. And she's going to spill the beans on St. John's Wort. She's going to tell you the pros, the cons, and the gotchas. 
or at least some of them. Now, of course, we must preface this. We are not physicians, nor do we play one on the Internet. This, you should always talk to your physician and or mental health professional when dealing with things like depression. Yeah. It's a, depression can kill you. It is a, it is a, it is a real it, it can kill you. thing. And it can degrade your health in other ways, too. And it can destroy your life. And you do not thrive while you are depressed. Okay, now we're going to talk about thriving. we're going to talk about a depressive uh, situation I had years ago. I'm not going to give all the details because it's not pertinent. But i i have I come from a family that has depressive tendencies, and normally it's no big deal. But if your chemicals inside you get all out of balance. It can really throw you for a, just a complete loop. And so this is, we first discovered St. John's work way back when, when we were trying everything to get, you know, to get back on keel, and it actually worked. So. Yeah. Kind of to my surprise at the time, because I've seen so many touted herbal remedies that didn't work as advertised. And I wouldn't say and this was, one was amazingly efficacious. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was. Um, in any way instant or anything like that, but it was pretty quick. It takes two to three weeks to really exert itself in many cases. And, you know, by the time I was, I was taking it regularly and starting to, to, um, feel a little more normal, uh, my situation had not changed one bit. And it just allowed me to get out of that that depressive feedback loop where I could realize that the good was there as well, which is what I, one of the things that gets you in depression is yeah. you can see only the bad. You can see only the pain. It's called depressive rumination, and we may have, uh, we'll certainly have a post, maybe a podcast about that in the future. Right. And this is I've something I really, that after, after that episode, I really have to watch this because I know it's, you know, and normally it's no big deal. I mean, normally... I mean, I just, it's, it's just a, I, but I do know that, and I know my family members. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's ever been a study whether it's inherited or not. Sure. But, you know, I come from a line of family members and, and there were a lot of alcoholics in my family. I'm not, I'm not a drinker. Like, you know, I'll have a beer, but I don't, you know, I have a firm limit on what I drink. Like, boom, I'll have a beer. And it doesn't say 12-pack on it. <laughs> well, here's, it a, here's a good example a beer. of this situation, because I know I have this in my family. This isn't really even a digression. Last night I came home, and I had a cruddy day at work. And I realized I'm going to have to work all day Sunday just to put the pieces back together. Um, and this is something that, that uh, it was. it's just me being me. I was checking all of the everything, and I found... A problem that will, you know, cause us to be unproductive Monday, though I've got to go ahead and fix it ahead of time. That's just the way I am. That's the way I work. That's how I'm wired. And I came home last night and I was annoyed. And I Nine sat down in my chair. Nine o'clock at night, by the way. Nine o'clock at night, yeah. I worked from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, pretty much without a break. And so I sit down in my chair. And she's like, can I bring you something to drink? And I'm like, yes, just make sure it's not alcoholic. I do not want that. Yeah, that is that is a that is something I will not do. 
there's the difference between enjoying a beer and having a crutch. So instead of enjoying a nice a nice cold beer after a really cruddy day, I sat down and enjoyed a nice cold generic brand <laughs> Diet Seven Up. Woohoo! Woohoo! Well, go go me. <laughs> Okay, so here's why I went with St. John's Ward. One, depression affects a whole lot of people right now. More than 10% of the population is going to have a major depressive episode sometime in their life in the U.S., according to current stats. And when life situations get bad, that spikes. More people get depressed. So... what you're saying that makes is, it prepper is, relevant. Yeah, I was going to say, what you're saying is this is a real deal for the preppers? Yeah. Now, you even see this in prepper fiction. Um, and you see this in history where, you know, there will be, if there is a really bad grid-down situation, there will be a significant number of people who suicide. And that's just... I mean, you see it in the fiction, yeah. and I believe that that was one of the few things that I find really realistic about a lot of prepper fiction is that would be a real thing. People would not be willing to try to survive. Some of those will be people who find it medically impossible, and other people are, will be people who find it psychologically impossible. Right. Um, so it's really relevant. And it is one of the herbal remedies that actually really does have very convincing science behind its working. And most of our audience is in North America. Uh, the rest of it is mostly in the Northern Hemisphere somewhere, or in Australia. Or in Australia. We're Aussie fans. We got a, we actually have an Aussie, and uh, we have an Anzac re- listenership and readership. It's at... We love you, Anzacs. Anzacs. Yes. It's actually considered a noxious weed in... Uh, New Zealand. Well, because it is overpopulated and taken over certain areas, so uh, our Anzac friends should not have any trouble finding a generous supply for St. John's Wort. For those not familiar with the term, that stands for the combined area of Australia and New Zealand. So, turn my lights on. I'm turning my lights on. We have to remember, we're going somewhere. It's one of these rainy days. There's my digression. It's one of these rainy days where they say, run your lights. But my car doesn't have the automatic lights on. So I have to turn my lights on. But then I have to remember to turn them back off because it may be sunny by the time we get there. Don't don't count on it today, though. Going to Kansas City. Kansas City. Here we come. We're going to end up in Kansas today. Woohoo! But we're not taking a ride on the KD today. Baby got the KD. Left me a mew to ride. That's why I don't sing, okay? <laughs> it, that's enough of that digression. <laughs> we, uh, you'll be able to find St. John's Hort in most of the Northern Hemisphere because it's native to Eurasia, and people brought it with them because it was a really useful plant. And it likes a lot of different habitats. I discovered it on our place uh, about a year ago. I was walking out there with... Uh, a conservation specialist, and he was giving me some suggestions on how to improve the habitat at the place. And we just walked by what I had thought was some generic uh, prairie flower, of which there were bunches. Oh, St. John's wort. I'm like, really? That's it. I knew it looked kind of like St. John's wort, but I'd never really tried to ID it before, and there are lots of yellow flowers out there. Yeah. So, uh, 
It grows wild there. It's escaped into the middle of nowhere, northeast Missouri. So it's easy to grow, and you can find it in lots of different places. To identify it, uh, first you get a basic idea of what it looks for. Uh, now is a great time to do it, because now we have Google right at hand. You go, or uh, DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, yeah. Although uh, looking for plant identification of this sort is not a very suspicious activity. No. <laughs> it's uh, Hypericum perforatum is what you're looking for. That's the uh, Latin name. Excuse me? Hypericum perforatum. Well, that's a, that's like sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So you get a basic idea of what it looks like well, look by, the, by looking at pictures of right, it. Right, look for the warts, right? Because it's got warts all over it? No. <laughs> Wrong, but thank you for playing. Okay. Wart with an O is an old uh, English term for herbs. Yeah. Annual well, herbs. How, how, how unfun is that? That's yeah, like serious. It's all kinds unfun. of fun. They made all kinds of weird concoctions out of those. I wonder if they ever made a tincture of St. John's. That's one of the things that's on the list today, sir. Oh, well, there you How go. How to make a tincture of St. John's Wort. Or an I infusion. I did not know that. I have John's not read Sport. the story. She did the story. I have not read it. Tincture. Tincture. We love but first tinctures. Got, first got to find it. Okay, All right? first got to find it. Find it. So you know basically what it looks like. You go out uh, in late June, early July when it's flowering, because that's the easiest time to recognize it. You think you got the right thing, right? Then you pull some of the leaves and you hold them up with the sun behind them. And you see if there's a bunch of little pinpick pricks of bright light shining through the leaves. Is that their warts? It is, it is, it is their perforatum. I'm sorry? It's called Hypericum perforatum because the leaves look like they've been perforated with a bunch of little pinpricks. So you look up their kilts and you see if there's a bunch of pinpricks in the leaf itself. Yes, they're little clear windows. Look like little plastic dot size windows front to back through the leaf. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and those little uh, dots actually hold one of the active ingredients. Huh. I did not know any of this. Hyperforin. How, how big of a leaf is it? The actual leaves are only about uh, not much more than a centimeter, call it half an inch, three quarters of an inch, maybe. Okay. Digression number two. I have to do digression number two. Before you do any of this, your first... Stone cold plant recognition that you should learn is you need to stone cold graveyard learn what poison oak and poison ivy look like. Those two you need to start with before you go wandering around grabbing herbs, okay? And I'm dead serious about this. If you do not know off the top of your head exactly what poison oak and poison ivy look like, in the wild, during the various stages of their life, today is the day to learn it. And we mean in all several of their different growth stages. Yeah, because they, they look completely different they in their different, different stages. Different ages. So before you go grabbing plants out in the woods, let's learn that one first, okay? Yeah. Just, just a, that's a pro it's not going to co-occur with poison ivy most of the time. But you may have to walk through the poison ivy to get there. Absolutely. So It likes more open habitat than... Yes, so does. we're just letting you but know. Could happen, absolutely. Boom. That's, uh, that's we'll do your... one on poison ivy later too. Yes, uh, but the you find the plant, oh, hold hold up the leaves, see if it's got the little pinpricks, and then you grab one of those yellow flowers 
and you mush it between your fingers, and you look on your fingers to see if there's a red stain from plant residue. Because even though the flowers are yellow, there's a little packets of red-colored, it's actually called hypericin, which is the other main active ingredient of okay. the stuff. It's red in color. So you uh, rub that flower between your fingers, you should have a red stain. If you don't have a red stain, you probably don't have the right plant. So it has a couple of nice tricks to help you identify it. Okay. I'm about to get over it. I have to cough here. Sorry, guys. <coughs> that was a four. You're usually a four cough coffer. Mm-hmm. Take a drink. Yep, pause for a drink, so. Here's your, she's, she's drinking her delicious libation. We're not going to say what it is, but the color of it today is red. It's a good one. Whereas my color is purple. And by the way, another digression, just because I'm in the mood. <laughs> the greatest thing ever, which is impossible to find in North Missouri, is diet grape soda. I hate it that I can't find it anywhere. The greatest drink in the world, the greatest diet drink in the world, is Grapeco. Which I love Grapeco, but it's only available like in Alabama, and it's just a little bit long to drive to get some Grapeco. We have so, been known to haul cases back, though. Yes, we do haul cases of, <laughs> of Grapeco back. Diet Grapeco back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So you found your St. John's wort. Yes. Primary use is for getting rid of depression. Right. That is the most well-substantiated use. Yes. And I, I feel confident that I, let's put it this way i feel confident enough that it actually works to feed it to the person i care most about in the world she eats it herself <laughs> he's a big fat liar sometimes i am i am rotund and fibbing <laughs> i admit it my cheeks are even puffed out you can't see it but i'm puffing my cheeks out so there we are it may well be useful for other things it may well help with uh, migraine pain <clears throat> sorry it might help people with anxiety problems. I would say that's probably, you know, a related, um, at least some of the anxiety problems are probably going off some of the same triggers as a guess. Sorry, we're all, we're all coughing and choking here because yeah. we're kind of verklempt. Um, we- <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. You may have seen a rough transition there. I felt yeah. a major cough coming on and I hit the pause button. And she coughed her full head off. I had to stop the car and screw <laughs> the head right back on because she coughed her full head off. <clears throat> I don't know what, what it is. What's going on today with this? We're both kind of acclimped. I don't know. but Not really sure exactly where we left off, but anxiety, St. John's Word. You'd think that would work on the same sort of trigger, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But I have no research. To- people use it as a topical for wounds, thinking that it uh, discourages inflammation. It might well it seems to discourage inflammation. The research on that is not as strong. If you want all the research links and stuff, they're in the uh, text part of it. Right. Because I, I, I do a whole bunch of research on these things that I am not natively very familiar with. So I'm not just some jerk making stuff up on the Internet. No, she's some jerk reporting stuff on the Internet. Yes, that's very different in my world. <laughs> so, okay. So... There are other potential uses, but the best substantiated one is for depression. Okay. If you want to get 
your own St. John's wort, you need a pretty good supply of this stuff because you take it regularly. Not just when you're feeling down, you take it. You have to be taking it for a couple of weeks for it to really have an effect. So I just ball it up and put it a little pinch between my cheek and gum? Is that what I do? No, I'll I'll teach you how to make an infusion here in a bit. First, though, if you want a bigger supply of it, you can plant it from seed and that works okay. But they tell me that if you dig a little bit, uh, pull up one plant, and find the little roots that run sideways just underneath the soil surface <coughs> and sprout up new plants a little bit distance away. Those little side roots are called rhizomes, like underground runners. You take little chunks of those underground runners and plant them where you want a nice stand of St. John's wort. That's a good way to get it to come back up. I'm guessing we're going to have a nice stand of St. John's wort. Yeah, come June or July. Yeah, I figured. I will. Start spreading that stuff around. We've certainly got plenty of prairie space, so we have a good stand of it. And it's it's perfectly harmless around here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not in the New Anzacs Zealand. The don't but... like it as much, but it's got enough competition on my prairies that it was just the occasional flower in my <clears> prairie. <throat> it wasn't threatening to take anything over. Yeah, we're, we're wanting to have... Chris, that's one of the things we do. We're really big on pollinators, so we do watch the natural insecticide stuff, as much as we like to have no mosquitoes around us. Uh, we want the bees and the bees. And Buzz, speaking of bees, be sure to check out Buzz's really good stuff. We're going to have a yeah. ton of stuff on bees. On we got a bee guy. we got a bee guy. And uh, cool. So. so you found it, you planted yourself, you got a whole bunch of the stuff. Right. If it's in season, all you got to do is take a couple teaspoons worth of... You want to use the blooms and the leaves from the very top of the plant, the top two or three inches where the blooms are, because that's where most of the stuff is concentrated. You uh, a few teaspoons of that thing, steep it in hot water, drink it as a tea. That's all you need to do. I'm told it tastes nice and lemony. I haven't tried it that way. You're going to drink it just to try it. Sure. I can tell you. I'm going to wait until June or July, and I'll take my little Kelly kettle and... Make myself some St. John's wort tea just to see what it tastes like. We will report back on that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but Sorry. if it's not in season, you want to collect it while it's blooming because most of the stuff's in the uh, flowers and uh, the new top leaves up there. So you go out while it's uh, blooming and collect yourself a whole bunch of blooms and top parts. And you can do one of two... Th- Ooh. You do one of three things with them, actually. You can dry them. But they're going to lose some efficacy because those uh, chemical compounds that you want, they break down when you air dry them or dehydrate or dry them. So you'll have to take more than expected and harvest more than expected. How much more is hard to say. So it's not my favored approach. The stuff you buy in in the stores, that's probably freeze-dried stuff, which preserves the the, uh, chemicals much better. So... The two ways that will preserve a lot of the chemical longer term are infusions and, and tinctures. Tinctures. We love. The, I love that name, tincture. Now, one of our favorite books. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> one of our favorite book series is the Aubrey Matchin series. Uh, it's a, a based around the Napoleonic era, and without going into too much detail on the series, which I'll do ad nauseum. <laughs> the uh, one of I'm reminded because. Uh, Maturin is a doctor of the early 1800s, is how much stuff in the 1800s, early 1800s, 
pharma pharmaceutical pharma pharmaca? pharmacopia pharmacopia was done via tincture. Yeah, and uh, I mean because it extracts a whole lot of important chemical compounds and it keeps them relatively stable. <clears throat> now, you, what exactly is a tincture? A tincture. I'm gonna is, turn my micro. <clears throat> hang on a second. I gotta pause for just a second. Sorry about that. I'm back again. I'm Flemish today. <laughs> I'm, to I'm clear, from clear the baffles. Flemish. Where 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 Flemish from? Flem. <laughs> okay. Pressing right along. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. You know you you know we love you, Northern Europeans. So sorry. Go right ahead. All right. A tincture is something in alcohol. So to make a tincture out of the St. John's Wort, you get yourself. A nice supply of vodka or 95% grain alcohol. Brandy also works. Brandy also works, yeah. But you want something with a good high alcohol content. Brandy also works. Tastes you, better than brandy. I don't know St. John's where it would. It's going to add a lemony thing. It might be kind of like lemon vodka. All the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and you're only going to, not going to have that much of it at a time anyway. Anyway. <laughs> you uh, stuff a bunch of these plant parts in a jar, cover them completely so they're not sticking out the top with the vodka, about one part plant to two parts vodka. Yeah, cap it up, shake it up good, leave it in a nice uh, warm window or uh, warm spot, but not where the light will be shining on it. Every day you come and you shake that sucker up for about four weeks. That's While a lot doing, of shaking. Yeah. You're giving the plant time to break down so that the uh, chemical compounds in the leaves are released into the alcohol. So say four weeks, is, that's a significant amount of time. Uh, that's just the generic, a lot of times when people are making tinctures and infusions, they just go with four weeks. Okay. It could be longer. It would probably work if it were considerably shorter, but that's what they usually use. Didn't I know? Yeah. The tincture-making stuff is not scientific peer-reviewed stuff, because there isn't scientific peer-reviewed stuff on that. Because tincture is pretty from, much gone. From herbalists, yeah. So, after it's uh, you've been doing that regularly, you're going to strain off the plant parts by uh, pouring it through cheesecloth or something to collect the alcohol, which is now a really cool red color from all the... Uh, red active component that has seeped out into the alcohol. That is your tincture. And it's important with St. John's wort, no matter how you collect it, no matter how you keep it, keep it dark. Because one of those active components, it's red. Anytime something is colored like that, it's a sign that it's absorbing light. And if it's absorbing light energy, it's going to break down when it absorbs light energy. So this stuff is photosensitive. That's why they got them, them brown bottles. Brown bottles are good, but what's even better is any old bottle that has aluminum foil wrapped around it. Old lab trick. You need something kept in the dark. Use any bottle you want, but wrap it over with aluminum foil. There you go. There's your trick of the day. Yeah. So that's your tincture. And the uh, herbalist sites recommended <coughs> that you take this tincture about 15 or 20 drops at a time, three times a day. That is aiming for the about 300 milligrams of active ingredient three times a day that is recommended by most of the research. 
the research studies that found it working were usually using that amount. And it's the amount I feed Salty when he needs the stuff, by the way. Now, the stuff we get from the store, we get ours from the store. <clears throat> Sorry, goodness. I want to emphasize the fact that there are, we, we want to make sure it's a brand of pharmacy that, or pharmaceuticals or herbs that, that is a good brand. You know, Absolutely. You don't want the cheap discount St. John's work. I mean, you want to make sure it is a good, reputable company that's doing this. Because, you know, if, if you do it wrong, then you'll get no benefit from it other than the chance to spend money. Worse than that, uh, many of the cheap companies toss other random plants in there to save themselves the expense of using all of the real ingredient. Herbal remedies are not regulated in the same way as uh, other drugs are. They're treated as foods, not drugs. So they don't have to guarantee exactly what's in there, and they don't have to guarantee exactly how much is in there. They just have to list the ingredients. They have to list the ingredients, but they frequently lie. In order of, well, legally, they're in order of... Legally, uh, they have to, but they often lie. Yes. In order of concentration, yes. Uh, I read one of the studies I read was a guy who'd, who'd bought a bunch of over-the-counter St. John's Wort preparations, run them through his high-pressure liquid chromatography, compared them to an actual preparation that had just St. John's wort and found a whole bunch of new and interesting chemicals in many of the uh, ones he bought off the shelf. So make sure it's a reputable company or you don't know what you're getting. You can also make an oil infusion by the same basic method, except you use oil instead of vodka. Uh, like Use a nice quality eating oil because you're going to be eating this stuff. Or if you want to try it for inflammation, you put it on your skin. Olive oil works good. Now, yeah, before we leave you, the biggest warning I want to leave you with is this stuff. When taken by itself, it's pretty darn safe stuff. Fewer side effects than the over the, the uh, prescription medications it replaces. Uh, if you start to get sunburned easily or you start to get an upset stomach, you may be taking too much. Because it's hard to know how much you're getting when you're using tinctures and infusions or even dried herb. So there's that. It interacts badly with many prescription medications and some over-the-counter medications because it messes with a main group of liver enzymes that are responsible for manipulating a lot of these drugs. Any prescription depression medication. Uh, narcotics, like if you're taking something for opioids for pain, it interacts badly with them. It makes oral birth control pills not work. Good to know. People who take St. John's wort regularly while on oral birth control are technically referred to as mothers in many cases. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Uh, some over-the-counter over counter asthma and allergy medications. There's a moderate interaction with the statin drugs, which a whole bunch of people take. Digitoxin, which is a major heart medication. Dilantin. Uh, the over-the-counter and prescription anti-acid medications. So if you're taking any other drugs, now is a great time to go and search for St. John's Wharton interactions. Look for everything you take. See if there's an interaction there and how strong it is and which way it goes. Because this might not be the drug for you if you have to take this other stuff. You don't want to, if you're taking these other drugs, you don't know how much of them you're getting if you're taking the St. John's Wharton with them. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. 
and how active the drug is. And when you're at your doctor's and they ask you what drugs you're taking, include St. John's Wort. This one's really important. You know, you you may say vitamin A, vitamin B, you know, whatever. You know, that's not, it it is a, you should report it. Tell 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 them them everything. They're not there to judge you for it. But St. John's Wort Day is a critical one because there are serious interactions. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. We're going to wrap it and uh, we're going to call that good. Be happy. Be happy. Take your St. John's Wort. And we'll be, catch you next time.